0: Welcome back to the Reluctant Readers Summit. I can't wait to chat with Malia Waller about building literacy skills and learning through play. Before we get started, let me share a little bit about Malia with you. And for starters, Malia is a coffee loving homebody and homeschool mom of two. She's passionate about making sure that play is present every day. She has a master's in special education with a specialization in applied behavior analysis. She's a licensed, edu- a special education teacher and board certified in behavior analysis. She was a public school teacher for 10 years before she decided to go home and teach her own children. And during her transition to homeschooling, she realized that there was a need for parental support and community. And she created her play to learn method and began mentoring in the homeschool space. Fun fact about Molly and I, we were childhood friends growing up. We went to elementary school together. And since having kids of our own, we have definitely reconnected and some of my fondest memories are of us playing together, both indoors and outdoors, ranging from dress up to tea parties and even fun at the pool. So welcome, Malia. I'm so excited to chat Hi. with
1: you. I'm excited to be here. Gosh, when you were just doing that intro, I was having flashbacks to all the fun in your carport with jump ropes and popsicles and all the things, right?
0: Yes, <laughs> it was like play city central all the time. And of course, you know, we had other childhood friends growing up that, you know, made the tea parties and things so much more fun because who doesn't love to play uh, right. and the more the merrier. So I'm sure folks would love to know where your passion for learning through play came from.
1: Sure so you mentioned that I was in the public school system for 10 years before coming home with my own kids um, and when I taught in the public school system I taught in the preschool um, autism classrooms and I learned there that so many of the learning skills that were taught in my class were best taught through playtime. Sitting down on the floor and following kids leads and engaging with them um, brought out so much new vocabulary and so many new skills. And it was much more beneficial for them than it was to sit down and like try to do a worksheet, right? Um, And so I became really passionate about play then. And then um, from there, I kind of dabbled in assistive technology, assistive technology support and adding in technology um, to play and kind of combining the two things. um, And my passions really grew on from there.
0: That's really cool and really exciting. And just like, I love how technology can play a part in play for sure. Um, So I think our audience is probably wondering, okay, our kids love to play, but what are the real benefits of learning through play?
1: So play has a really important role in our kids with their problem-solving skills. Um, They're building a vocabulary, their communication with others, right? You have to be able to negotiate and compromise and do all of those things while you're playing with other people. Similarly, if you're playing by yourself, you're playing around and experimenting with different um, kind of roles of science even, if you're thinking about like, how tall can I build this before it falls over? Um, And how fast can I make this ball roll down this uh, ramp that I've built, things like that. So there are so many skills that are being discovered through play, even if we're not putting an educational label on them. I think that's so great. I think it's one of the best things is that
0: children are able to really test boundaries, dive into different things that they may not even realize that they're learning about. And that makes it so much more fun that they don't know that it's happening, but they're still benefiting from it for sure. So if you could identify a particular common mistake that parents make when it comes to letting their children play and learning through play, what what would that be?
1: (laughs) Overcorrecting. (laughs) right I think there's a lot of value in us participating in our kids play because we are the model right for new vocabulary um, and testing boundaries that kids might not think to test on their own Um, but I think it also comes on the flip side right where we step in too soon and we don't want our kids to make mistakes Um, but that is where the learning happens right like if something goes wrong, then we oh light bulb moment I need to fix X Y and Z. But if we step in and we correct them before, then they're not taking that initiative and learning that on their own. And I think that um, that can can impact how our kids' confidence is when they're out in the real world and learning new skills.
0: Absolutely, I feel like as moms in particular, we're so quick to want to jump in and you know our kid falls down, we want to brush them off and make sure they're okay. Do you have any Tips as far as how you can add in that moment of pause before rushing in?
1: I will say it, it's a practice skill <laughs> for a lot of us, right? We have to like, Ooh, okay, they did that and I'm just going to see what happens, um, stand back. But I do think in changing our vocabulary and how we speak to our children during play and being mindful of that and saying asking critical thinking questions. So saying things like, I love what you did right there. Can you tell me about it instead of, oh, I see you you built a tower and it has a castle and there's the knight. Instead of giving them all of that language, asking them to explain it to us, um, kind of helps prompt that critical thinking and that um can lead to more fun and and literacy building in that vocabulary of their own.
0: I love that. I, I can definitely identify with being the type of parent to want to jump in and overcorrect or even worry about like um. JD, for example, my oldest, he is a Lego building fanatic. And he is very quick to want to just design his own creations versus following the instructions. And I'm so type A that I'm like, no, we're going to follow the instructions. But he has come up with some of the that in coolest. common with our kids. <laughs> yeah. He has some of, come up with some of the coolest creations, though, just from his own like imagination. And then having conversations with him about him, like, what is it? How does it work? Has been so fun and honestly unlocked vocabulary I didn't even know he had to be able to describe what he was telling me, and it's just so fun to watch that process unfold. So I love, I love awesome. the suggestion of not jumping in and overcorrecting, but definitely a practice skill to be to be sure because yeah, it's taking time. I think not, I don't want to rush in.
1: Yeah, and I think the number one place where some of us struggle most is when things start to get messy, right? Like I am very triggered by clutter in my house. I wish that it was, you know, a hundred percent picked up all the time, but I know that's not the reality of life with kids. Um, So that's something I'm working on myself, but um, I do see a lot of parents saying like, oh, we can't do that in my house because it's too messy. And so thinking about the boundaries you can set around messes is also something I always suggest. Maybe um, there are some amazing like sensory play mats that have lips on them. So if you're doing something that could be messy, having them be within that boundary um, can be helpful. But then also I think that like there's some fun and value in having your kids help you clean up. Um, My three-year-old daughter is a vacuuming fanatic when I take the stick part out and put it smaller so it's like just her size um so there are you know fun things to do as a type recovering type a I like to call myself since I've had kids um I can relate and empathize with you if you are not one to want your kids to do those things on their own but there's also that value and you're teaching them those lifelong skills of how to clean up for themselves in the long run when they get older too I think it's funny that you mentioned that because funny story real
0: short uh, the first house that we lived in, my mom had me there. They were getting the house ready for some potential buyers to come in, and they walked in to find me a little—not even three-year-old—vacuuming because I just loved it. So I, <laughs> I relate so much to your daughter in that moment. But as far as me now, I don't mind the clutter. It's like the messy things, like mud and slime and all the ick gooey stuff. That yes. We, so set boundaries. Maybe. S- yeah. <laughs> maybe you
1: happens. still do those. Just keep them outside. Right. And have pre-established or pre-laid out your beach towel for when you come in. So you're ready. Cause I think that's where we get tripped up is like, Oh, this happened. And now I don't know how to like clean up after it quickly. Um, so trying to be cogn- cognizant of what you're doing and where you're going and, um, be prepared for when you come back in. That's kind of my big I love tip. That. planning ahead
0: and being prepared yes. to <laughs> come back from the mess, but yeah. No, definitely love that. And I I also love the idea of including your child in the cleanup process. Hunter's been enjoying his first year of preschool and they have a cleanup song that anytime we mention it's time to clean up, he instantly starts singing. So I love Love that he's even brought his own element of fun into the cleanup process.
1: Yes, Um, that's so fun.
0: But since we're here to talk about, you know, helping reluctant readers and building literacy skills, what are some play-based ways that you can really start to foster those literacy skills in your home?
1: Gosh, there's so many, Ellen. It's so hard to like pick the top ones. Um, but the first one that always comes to mind for me is environmental play and pretend play skills. Um, or environmental print, sorry, and pretend play. So my kids love role play, they love pretend play. We have our play kitchen, and sometimes we like to modify that um and make it a bakery or a coffee shop. Um, and there's so many ways you can add literacy into those activities, right? Like if you have your menu, if you have your um, store name, and and if you choose to name it after something that already exists, like Starbucks, for example, then you um, can relate to what you're playing with at home to what you see out in the real world. Um, and so that is a really important um, way to start learning literacy and reading skills. Um, I know when my son made those connections we would be driving he'd be like there's walmart there's starbucks there's target um now you know about my life and everywhere we go (laughs) Um, but that that's a huge one we all go there (laughs) right um other fun ways are to just have materials in your play space that are literacy focused so for example we have a set of blocks that are shaped like letters and so They might just be part of our tower, but when we're playing, we can identify that that's a letter and this is the sound it makes. And this is um, a word that starts with that sound and kind of build on that just in conversation, not necessarily like, can you tell me what that letter is? Um, So things like that are fun ways to add that in. Also, you know, on the fly games like we love... I spy in our house, but you can modify that from colors to letters. So I spy the letter A or I spy something that starts with this sound B. and then having kids guess that way. Um, That's been a really fun one to extend and add literacy as well. Um, And then I love with I spy, especially that you can actually
0: make it fit the age of your child. And as their skills progress, you can make it more difficult. We've definitely played I spy in the car. And I've tailored it to fit both kids before where, you know, JD's capable of doing the letter sounds and Hunter, we're doing colors and it's, you know, a yes. great way to practice for sure.
1: I love that. And I, my kids in particular also love to challenge me. So making sure that I'm not always the one who is um, asking them to identify the things by sound or letter, um, having them try to stump me is like really motivating
0: um, oh yeah so that is and a fun I, way to
1: play as well
0: and i spy lends itself very easily to the turn taking so that's definitely a plus plus. and then you yes. also mentioned um incorporating real life scenarios with like the grocery store or a restaurant and a menu and i love that because and i mentioned this in, in other interviews as well with me i grew up with this weird i don't even know where the thought came from that i was somehow going to finish school and never need to use reading again another day in my life. And we use it so often. So being able to foster that in our kids and making that connection and value for them that reading is so important is huge. And I love that.
1: Yes. And another one that I think um, we often overlook is just reading aloud while our kids are playing, right? Um, So choosing a novel, but saying, you don't have to sit here next to me right now. You can build with your Legos or play with your Magnetiles or whatever. Um, and then this is where the really fun thing happens. They start to replay what you're reading in their ways, right? So um, maybe you're reading Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and then all of a sudden you notice that Goldilocks is part of this scripted play that's happening in your house while you have put the book away and your kids are still playing, right? Um, so that's a really fun way to have that reading comprehension piece come in and for you to check in and say hey I read them this book and now they're replaying it and and it's accurate right like checking in that they have understood what you've read and that they really are paying attention I think a lot of people assume that if you're not sitting down looking at the picture looking at the words or being right next to whoever's reading that you're not paying attention and I think um more often than not our kids are listening right um maybe even to things we listening. don't want them to be listening to right um and so not to discount that that reading aloud even if they're not um appearing to be looking at the pictures and engaging with whatever you're reading in the moment um they're definitely listening right Absolutely. and to <laughs> piggyback on that like audio books are another great way to get that in even if it's not you physically sitting there and reading um but my kids are obsessed with audiobooks and they're Yodo players as well. So those are great tools. Yes. We
0: we have a Yodo too. And the boys were just finally getting into it over the winter holidays. And I was like, finally this purchase is saying.
1: Yes. And you know what? There's I sponsor as YODO, but there are some great um cards that actually have play-based activities linked into them so like there's a whole line of Duplo cards for example that pair I up with a set that. a specific set of Duplo Um and so they'll have like like there is the ABC truck Duplo and then they have a set of cards and the cards walk through like can you load the ah block onto the truck and things like that so it's like a whole you're blowing my play mind right now because I did they, not know yeah. the and then there's also fun things like the sounds of the trucks are on one card so they can just kind of elaborate and play on their own but they're also learning those skills which is okay. really fun
0: I'm gonna have to look into that first of all and second of all yeah. I loved how you mentioned watching to see like when reading aloud if the story starts to find its way into their imaginative play because looking back, I'm going to have to really watch more closely now as my boys are playing because I've definitely seen them pull characters from books, but I've never watched to see if they're playing out the storyline. So that's going to be really fun. To yeah, you'll have and, to let me enjoy. know. I'm
1: curious to hear how they play as well.
0: It seems so funny that, that never occurred to me to watch more before. Um, But yeah, so as far as incorporating play in the home, if you could give parents like your top tips or top strategy for just getting started with using it in a learning way like obviously a bit more structured than just go play what would that be what would that look like
1: um so I think my first tip is going to be let your kids be bored which is really hard to do because oftentimes we want them like we need them to have a moment where they're entertained right so that we can do other things that we need to do um and so it, initially sometimes that's hard I know a lot of us as modern parents are reliant sometimes on screen time which I am not against screen time at all I they do either I'm its totally guilty <laughs> um but I also recognize that when when I'm allowing a lot of that or, or not putting time restrictions on it as often um the play isn't happening as frequently, right? So making sure that we are allowing our kids an opportunity to be bored and to find other ways to entertain themselves outside of screens, that's my number one tip. Um, And then also, you know, you can curate a learning um, environment. So you could Um, Rotate your toys and have just a smaller selection of things available, making sure that there's some literacy options out there that you can play with, like your ABC blocks or um, even just creating cards of environmental print that they can incorporate into their um, pretend play and having them set out um, and kind of engaging with them in that play. Like, I'm going to be the waitress and I'm going to take the order. Do you want to turn to take the order? That kind of thing
0: um I love that you mentioned that because I was definitely going to ask like how involved should we be in the play should we get them started and step back should we be there with them the whole time
1: it is a balance right and you we sometimes have to check ourselves and say oh gosh I'm like really leading this play I always recommend leading following your child's lead right um and if they're totally not interested at all that's fine too and you can engage with something that they're not interested in in at all. And then sometimes they start to say, "Hmm, mom looks like she's having a lot of fun over there. (laughs) I think I want to go see what she's doing. Um, So that's another way, just uh, modeling that playtime to kind of encourage them and entice them to join you. I would stray away from forcing them to play with something if they're not interested at all, because you don't want to create that friction or that like no way I'm not doing that that's like a learning thing and I'm not interested (laughs) the
0: negative experience for sure yeah
1: but trying Um, to make it fun
0: yeah so if you could give parents any one piece of advice to start with moving forward from this conversation of incorporating play in their day where would you send them What, what would be the first thing you'd encourage them to do
1: the number one tip would be to start reading aloud and letting your kids play during that time and then kind of adding yourself into that play in the future. Um, maybe you have a new building toy out that they haven't played with in a long time or something new to the house. Um, and you can have that out when they're listening to your story. Um, and then from there, I would you know piggyback on that idea of playing out the script of the story and um, making up your own stories. Even it doesn't have to be the story that you were reading and engaging with them in that way. And then continuing to expand on your play. I think That's great.
0: I, I love that. It's just such an easy, like lead and buy-in for them to just start with the read alouds and go from there. I think that's a great way to ease your child into the process and also get yourself to be part of the process as well. Um, now, I know you have a freebie that you're going to be sharing with everyone here. Uh, You want to talk a little bit
1: about it? Sure. So I have a hot cocoa sensory freebie where you can build up your own hot cocoa cafe, right? You're going to serve up your own cookies. You're going to touch on literacy skills like order taking um, and the signage of your bakery, even creating that together, which is super fun. And then also, you know, dabble in some math skills if you're purchasing your hot cocoa and your cookies talking about money and all of that so it's a really fun activity and so many extensions of ways you can play um so whether you want to do the sensory bin part or you just want to do the pretend play part there's good pieces in there for everybody and there's also um play ideas for parents right like a scripted list of activities that you can do using the pieces that are involved so that you don't have to stress out about how to plan out that play. It's all written in there for you and all the pieces are in there. So very minimal um, prep things. Um, I love just that. I, play.
0: I especially love the the no stress of having to come up with the ideas from scratch because I know a lot of parents out there, their mind just goes blank when it's like, I don't know. So the fact that yes. you've, you've got a list to work from is awesome. Let's uh, quickly tell everyone where they can connect with you outside of here. Obviously, uh, if they have any questions, want more details about how they can really expand on the play that's already going on in their
1: home, where, where, where can they find you? So I am www.MaliaPhelpsWaller.com, or you can follow me on Facebook at Malia Phelps Waller and on Instagram at Malia Phelps Homeschool.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, Malia. This has been an honor chatting with you. And before we wrap things up, obviously you want, you want to, um, talk a little bit about the bonus gift. If you have secured our VIP all-access pass, Malia
1: is sharing her sensory play masterclass, which I am gaga for. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So the masterclass walks you through all of the essential elements of a sensory play activity and then gives you Lots of ideas on sensory play fillers and sensory play add-ins and themes. It also comes with a workbook on how you can create your own activity. So if you have a skill in mind that you want to target, it will walk you through setting up a bin that is going to meet that need and how to practice and learn in that way. And you will also get my sensory play recipe book. So everything that you need to start creating your own sensory bin fillers like Play-Doh and Rainbow Race and all the good stuff, right? Um, So it's all the recipes, tried and true, tested, they work recipes, right? Like I hate, there's nothing worse than getting a recipe and then it being a total Pinterest fail. So yeah. I promise okay. you these are vetted. I've used them a hundred times both in my preschool days and in my homeschool days. So yeah, we can all get over our, our apprehensions about mess if we have them and dive in and
0: really explore the fun that sensory has to offer um so well thank you again if you guys have any questions again reach out to her on Facebook Instagram her website uh I love her to death and if you don't already I'm certain that you will so (laughs) thank Thank you you, again